Today's episode is sponsored by Youmore. Youmore helps us better understand and uplift our mental health with instant screening, data tracking, insights, and targeted exercises. I've had the pleasure of having both co-founders on the podcast, and I really admire what they do and love their vision behind the company. Youmore is the AI-powered mental well-being tracker that helps you build positive habits, change behaviors, and share your progress with friends, family, and physicians. Youmore's vision is to make mental health as seamless and as accessible as possible. Its purpose is to act as a support and prevention tool and to provide you with the data and insights to help you develop an awareness of your current mental state and stress levels. The way it works is very simple. You download the app for free on your smartphone. You fill in a quick questionnaire that will assess how you're currently feeling, which will act as a starting point, and it will check in with you daily to track your well-being over time and so that you are able to see your progression day by day. Youmore also gives you access to many evidence-based exercises which are designed to help you live your happiest and healthiest life. The goal of Youmore is to be your friend, is there to help and support you in your mental health journey. And to find out more, you can check out their website at youmore.app. Hey guys, welcome to Hope It Helps. Today's guest is Zimar Dajani. Zimar is a solicitor, property investor, author, and divorce and breakup coach. After her experience going through two divorces, she decided to become a certified divorce coach and make it her mission to help and support other professional women who are going through divorce. Her book, From Breakup to Empowerment, shares her divorce stories and provides readers with the critical lessons she learned to make the divorce process as smooth as possible and to help prepare for life after divorce. During this episode, we discuss the different cultural perspectives surrounding divorce. We talk about the biggest misconceptions people have regarding marriage and divorce and how we can reinvent and prepare ourselves for life after divorce. And the last message she wanted to share is your mess can be turned into power and everything can be turned into positive no matter how bad it is. Please welcome to the show, Ms. Zimar Dajani. Thank you. Thank you, Fahadah. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I really appreciate it. So, Zamar, me and you actually got in contact uh, through my mom, actually, and she was telling me about uh, the work that you do as a uh, breakup co- breakup and divorce coach, and I thought that is really interesting because, number one, that's that, like, love, marriage, relationships, divorce, like, that area is something I love to talk about because I find it very, very interesting. Um, and I've had relationship coaches on the show before but I've we have I've never really discussed the divorce side everything was all about you know how to be in a relationship how to build a relationship but no one really talked about how how to manage handle a divorce what like what's the mindset behind it how can we get over it and I think the work that you do is going to shed a new light on a lot of things that maybe not just myself but the audience might be curious about when it comes to divorce um but before we get into uh everything zamar why don't you give all of us a little bit of background about yourself and we'll take it from there um so first and foremost i'm a single mom to two daughters so um and they are you know my wife so they are the reason why i do everything in life um so they're my driving force um so i've been divorced twice and i didn't let the divorce define me Actually, after each divorce, I reinvented my life. Um, and we can talk about that uh, in more detail. Um, so after my first, uh, before my first divorce, I used to work in advertising. Um, and I did that for a few years. Um, and then after my, my first divorce, I actually went to law school. So I trained as a lawyer, became a solicitor. And until now, I'm still training. I'm still working as a solicitor. So I have over 20 years experience as a solicitor. Um, and then after my second divorce, I wrote a book 
about my divorce journey and I became a certified divorce coach. So that's in a nutshell is a little bit about my background. Yeah, yeah. No, awesome. And thank you so much for sharing that with us. I love how um, I, I would have hoped that there would have been no divorces, obviously, but I love how after each one, it didn't like you didn't let that define you and you completely reinvented your life, your career and look where it's gotten you today. So that's amazing. You know, I don't think that's not always the stories you hear after divorce. But it's yeah. refreshing to see that someone actually, you know, didn't let it, you know, you know, be that define them. I love that word as you used uh, to define them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, divorce is a taboo, especially in our culture. Yeah, for, sure. uh, for, me, for me to get divorced twice um, and and still keep my head up high, you know, I mean, some people think, oh, how, how do you do that? You know, because um, you, sh- you should be ashamed. You should be, you know, you should feel guilty. You should feel like a failure, you know, because, you you know, like one once is enough, but twice mm. and you're still going, you know, you're still, you know, um, you know, you're showing up. You're not you're not uh, shying away from even talking about it. So, yeah. And I still face that even today. I still, you know, face uh, such uh, negative um, comments from even, you know, family members. So, you know, they're like, you know, don't talk about it, you know. I am, you know, <laughs> you know, and I was like, no, you know, that's 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 not how I see it. I see it as a as a chance to actually shed some light into, you know, how people can actually move on from a negative relationship that they're in, you know, and they shouldn't be stuck if they're really unhappy. I mean, again, we can talk about more, you know, about this um, later. On. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. We're gonna get into we're gonna get into everything, but. Um, since you've opened up uh, this th- this topic, I guess we'll go there first. Um, so, uh, first of all, I totally understand what you're talking about when it comes to how it's perceived in, especially as in our culture as Arabs. You know, like I I get it. Um, you know, I hear the stories. I have friends that have been you know divorced already, uh, unfortunately, but. Um, there is, there still is, although it's more accepted today than it probably was before, there still is, you yeah. know, a big stigma and like that should be the last resort and so on, you know, try, try, try. And then, okay, if if it gets to that point, you know, khalas, just go your separate ways. Um, yeah. What I think, yeah. what I think is interesting is that different, different cultures have different perceptions of marriage and divorce. For example, if we're looking mm-hmm. at us versus you know maybe the wet like more western society maybe like the states divorces you know whatever it's just okay yeah i got a divorce it's cool there's no it's not uh, it's not as heavy i think um and i guess the question becomes is how do you manage because the different cultures are going to affect the way i guess you not only think about divorce but the way if you are getting divorced are going to go through it so could you tell me a little bit about how is there like a what's the word just like a model or like a mindset or a framework to think about that can go across you know cultures and barriers or is it really specific to you have to manage the situation based on where you're from and the culture you're in and society and so on yeah, I mean, I mean, culture is a huge part of it. Um, obviously, the Arab culture and the uh, Asian culture are a little bit similar, 
Um, but you cannot compare our culture to the Western uh, one. So, you know, especially because the Arab culture has a very strong family uh, ties, you know. So, you know, most of the West, I mean, I don't like generalizing, but, you know, they don't have as strong family ties as we do, you know. I mean, um, and also from my personal experience, my family is very, very uh, close-knit. So, you know, it's it's not something that you, you decide uh, without, you know, talking to your family members um, and getting their support is very, very important. And I was very blessed to have my parents' support from, from you know, day one in both both marriages. So, so you know, the, so the family dynamics, you know, it really, it really is important. Um, I'm not saying that in the West, they don't have that, you know, many do, but from my experience, it's not as close knit as our culture. Um, I mean, you know, like for instance, in our in, in my family, um, especially me, like when, when I was growing up, you know, it was it was um, understood that I will not move out of the house until I get married. Yeah, um, about right. <laughs> so th- this this is unheard of in Western culture. Like, no, you know, when you go to college, that's it. You're free. You you know, you're independent. You don't go back to your parents' house. So like, these small dynamics, you know, um, there are cultural differences that you know uh, you and I understand because we're we're both you know from the same background. Um, but having said that, my older daughter broke these barriers. Like when she went to college, she actually went um, to a college in a different city, so she had to live there. You know, and for us, it's like a, it was a big um, shock, you know, to absorb. But you know, we knew that you know we you know like I knew that I could not you know say no to her because you know she got into one of the top universities in England and um, she got into the um degree that she wanted to uh, to do and uh, and after that she actually lived you know with her friends afterwards like after she graduated my parents you know at, at that point like you know how can you let her like you know you know she's she's a she's you know she's too young to live by herself and you know um why can't she live with you 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 have a you know uh, you have a big house you know she can have her own even like um, she even could have had her own um summer house because yeah. I had a I have a summer house in the garden like she could have her independence you know like even like you're not in the same building but you know it's like no you know she wants her independence and I can understand that and um you know I mean that 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 was it you know yeah. so if, even in our family dynamics you know we've evolved and we've uh, you know become more um westernized in a way and more more open to understanding you know that when you're living in 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 Western uh, country, you have to adapt. You can't you remain 100%. You know, um, adapt, um, working on your old family values yeah. or traditions. I think not values, traditions. You mm. know, um, and there's a fine balance between trying to you know continue your your family values, which should not change, but you can adapt your traditions. You know. Uh, to, to suit whatever whatever works for you. So uh, yeah. Sorry, I went off a tangent. <laughs> ah, that's fine. That's that's um, what that's what this that's what these uh, conversations are all about. Yeah. I like tangents. So I think your question was about mindset and culture. Mm. So the mindset part applies universally. Okay. So whether wherever you are, you need a really strong mindset. Yeah. And part of my coaching program, I actually the first step in my my coaching program is working on the mindset. Because even before you start the divorce process, you have to make sure that you 
are grounded and that you understand um, uh, where you're going before you even start the process. And you need to you need to also also ensure that you have um, you're very clear about why you're doing what you're doing, and you're not you you're not using your emotions um, to you know to move you forward. You have to actually use uh, you know your your mind, you know your 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 logic, and and try to put your emotions on the side. I know it's easier said than done, but you know with coaching, this is you know a big part of what I do. You know tap into your your mind um, and and try to you know dial down like the negative emotions that you're feeling because going through a divorce is a very traumatic experience you know with or without a coach yeah. with or without a coach it's very traumatic traumatic but um, you know there are lots of tools that you can use that will um, lessen the trauma and that will um, also uh, shorten the amount of time that you will go through a divorce, you know, so um, instead of going through a two or three year divorce process, you can do it in a few months, if you follow the system, and if, you know, obviously, there's lots of um, variables that come into play. But uh, it's possible, because I, I did it myself. Yeah, um, I think what you said is really, really interesting regarding, first of all, mindset, I get that completely. I think, um, like you said, divorce can be a very traumatic experience um lots of emotions besides all the additional details like you know finances assets children family like there's it's not just all oh, me and you are getting you know a divorce it's a separation mm-hmm. of yeah. so many aspects of well that are a part of your life and how do you move forward and how do you balance that and how do you negotiate that um and when you said there's a lot of tools out there. I I think I think there's always a lot of tools, but maybe we don't always use them or we don't know which one is the right one to use for us. Um but on the on the you, I know in the uh, in your first div- your first divorce took 2 years and it was very traumatic and it was a very very what's the word? Very rough, I guess. It was, it was- yeah, it was it was ugly. To, yeah, to put it mildly. Yeah. So yeah, they, that's the word. I was it, was an ugly, it was an ugly divorce. Yes. And uh, but then in your second divorce was a lot smoother from the sounds of it, at least from what I've uh, read and listened to from uh, your work. Um, so I. Okay, I um, it's it's very. I really wanted to talk to you today for two main reasons um number one the work i think the work you do is very interesting number two is uh sorry maybe three i think that um so a a close friend of mine recently went through a very hectic divorce as well and it took three years or something and it was just i saw what it you know i saw how much it affected him you know mentally it was just it was really hard, you know, for me to just sit on the side and, you know, watch. But again, you're not in it, so you can't really relate. Um, and number three is I'm I'm about to get married. So I'm like, okay, I'm probably my <laughs> my perception at the moment of marriage is probably um, naive compared to the actual <clears throat> what it actually means you know to be married because i'm i'm a hopeless romantic in my mind it's you know one person that's it you've made your choice this is it so like in my mind at least khaled of now can't imagine the, yeah. the world 
in a different way. But of course, reality is completely different. And I get that. So the question I wanted to ask you about um, is, so let's, because in my mind, you're going to, you pick the person you're going to get married to. You guys get married. There's a lot of, you know, love. There's a lot of positivity. There's a lot, Khalid, you know, you've made that commitment to each other. In my mind, what I don't understand at the moment is how does it go from that to divorce you know what is that like i would love to hear from you what was was it events was it experiences was it conversation like what like i i can't see the trail to get to that stage so i'd love to hear from you your experiences in both and how did it go from you know that like the like love and marriage or whatever to like to get there because uh, at the moment, I don't understand it. So I'd love to hear because I think it would give yeah, me a I mean, new perspective on things. Yeah, but but in general, I can say, yeah, in general, I can say that um, people change, you know. So uh, this is one factor that, you know, you, you, you enter into a relationship with one idea and then uh, maybe one person grows and the other person doesn't grow. Okay. So there's a mismatch mm. of of ambitions and goals and where you want to be and, and what you want to do. That's one example. Okay. Um, another example is rushing into a marriage. So not really knowing each other very well. Okay. Can we, um, can we harp on, can yeah. we dive in on this point a little bit more? Cause I think nowadays from the people, at least from my age group and what I've seen around me, I've seen many people get married and then get, you know, a year, two years later, they're divorced. And they so when you say rushing in, and you need really need to without fully knowing the person what now given your experience what do you feel like you i need to know this about this person before i make this decision i mean a very simple a very simple um advice i give my my friends yeah. even my clients my friends yeah. is that you need to know someone at least during the four seasons you know so at least a whole year and I like because that. different people re react to different seasons you know like some people are you know, they, they love the summer, so they're you see them in their best shape during the summer. But in, in the winter, they may be miserable because they don't like the cold. Just one simple example. Another one is um, you need to have a few arguments while you're, you know, courting each other and, and maybe even during your engagements. If you have no arguments, it means you haven't really uh, dug deep enough into your relationship because, you know, every marriage has has ups and downs. There's no marriage without any arguments or, or any hiccups you know if anyone tells you otherwise they're lying you know so if, even the best um best couples in the world will have arguments but it's how you deal with the arguments how do you actually solve the problems and this is a big um big point that most couples don't even experience when they're going out and you know courting or even doing the engagement because they only want to show the best side of their of each other mm. And when they when they're married, you know, it's you know, life is you know is not all roses, you know. I mean, you know, you you may get fired from your job, you know, you may get an illness. Um, you, you, one of your family members may may have a you know a, a traumatic experience that you have to deal with, you know. And no one really really knows what's going to happen in the future. So there's no like crystal ball where you can say, okay, you know, if this happens, this is how I'm going to react. If this happens, this is how I'm going to react. And um, so my, you know, another advice is make sure that you have at least three big arguments before you get married. 
and see how you how you deal with it you know like because also personality is also coming to play so um you know there's different personality types so if someone is a leader and and the other person is also a leader you're going to clash you know yeah. so you need to have compatible personalities uh or if you don't have compatible personalities at least you have to have um a roadmap of how to manage each other's uh, expectations and emotions, especially if you're on the same, you know, um, if you have a similar personality. Um, and also it's about really having good communications. You know, a lot of times, um, a lot of times like when you, when you, when, when something really upsets you, especially in the beginning of a relationship, you don't express that. You, you keep it inside. Of, okay, it's it's you know I'll, I'll I'll you know I'll forget about that. You know it's a one off. You know I don't need to you know make a big deal. But these small things can can you know um, pile up, and then something trivial may happen, and then you blow up. You know, and, and you're like, well, where did that come from? It's because you didn't deal with the initial problem from the beginning, and then one you know one small uh, um, problem added to another small problem. You know, and then. You, you, even a trivial um, issue can become something that you will walk out of the house for, you know? So it's very important to deal with issues there and then. Never never go to bed before solving a problem, you know? Whether you're going out with someone or whether you're married, you know? Or even in, even in a family relationship, you know? Like uh, I have this rule with my daughters, you know, if if there's anything that upsets them from me, we have to resolve it before we go to bed and, this, and vice versa. If anything upsets me from them, I, we have to resolve it before we go to bed. Otherwise it festers and it gets worse and, and it becomes more difficult to deal with and handle because, you know, your emotions are not logical, you know, and, and your mind can, you know, go miles further than what really happens. So, you know, yeah, th these are my, my main tips. Um, first of all, the, fantastic tips i'm listening to each one i'm like yep yep i know that one yep i relate to that one yep the last one especially i think that is Khaled all over um i love what you said about i just remembered one more thing. yeah, yeah please Sorry. go ahead money money is a very big thing mm. so how do you deal with money you know i mean you have to actually sit down with your partner your fiance and make sure that you have the same money um habits uh, what's the word habits not just habits, but uh, um, how you manage money. Mm, yeah. You know, and, and, and what money means to you. Like some some people are great savers and some people are great spenders. And some people do not know how to budget. And other people, um, you know, um, don't like spending money. You know, they, um, they always think of, you know, I need to save money for the rainy day. But that could become, you know that could become like a, like a, you know, almost a, um, an addiction. Like, you know, they, they cannot spend money because they're always worried of, of not having enough money when, when they need it. And then they're not enjoying their life because of that. So you need to make sure that you have similar money. Um, what's the word? I'm trying to think of the word um, expectations, maybe, sure. you know, like, uh, yeah. And like, you know, for instance, you know, do you see yourself in five years time living, in what kind of living standards and you need to discuss this with your partner so you know having similar goals not just for now but in 5 10 15 years 
Yeah. And also another thing, uh, apart from money, is also um, obviously children. You know, like how, how are you going to raise your kids? What kind of um, upbringing are you going to be, uh, you know, uh, having with them? Are, are, is it going to be purely, you know, the same way that you were raised by your family? Or is it going to be a combination of your family upbringing and her family upbringing? Or are you going to create a new, you know, um, new tradition, you know, from from scratch? Um, and yeah, so I mean, the, these are the things that just came came to mind. No, but they're they're very important things, you know. Um, I I don't know why what you said at the beginning, you know, you need to see someone through the four seasons. I I I love that. I think it really. Um, at least gave me like a clearer idea of like what you meant and <clears throat> the different times, like different times of life and experiences and so on and different situations that you have to manage with um, with your partner. Um, I think that uh, the I guess one of the ones that maybe uh, personally I struggle with uh, the most is um, the third one you talked about about um, dealing with the, dealing with the problem there and then. Now, so. Mm-hmm. Me and my fiance are very different when it comes to these things. She is um, more of in the moment now, like let's get it done, like whatever. And I'm the kind of I'm more of the kind of person that because I've been I have been um, the kind of person in the past where the little I wouldn't say anything about the little things, and then I would blow up, and then you know my my ex would be like, "What's going? Like, whoa, 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 where did this come from?" And like I have a list that I'd like run down, that I'd like saved. Um, if I'm honest with worst, my- that's, 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 that's the worst you can do because, yeah, you know, I know throw the other person because, you know, but yeah, no, no, yeah. I, no sorry. No, no, no. Uh, I, I 100% agree with you. It, it is, it is not fair on the other person because they're getting an attack of, and it could be, like you said, the smallest thing, but it accumulates. And when you don't deal with it, <clears throat> then in there, it could become something a lot bigger that it doesn't need to become. Um, so she's a there and then yeah. person I'm, i I will be honest here. I won't try to pretend anything. I I still maybe do have some of my those old habits a little bit. I'm much better than I was before. Um, but also, I'm a person that if something bothers me, it's like, uh, like between like in our relationship, I I like to like take time to process it myself, to think about what has happened. Why is it making me feel this way? What should I like? How should I react? Is this something that's going to continue? Is what I, and then after I've like had my processing time, then I come to a, to a decision. I'm like, is this worth discussing further, or am I comfortable with it? Comfortable with it now? It doesn't always work. I'll say that yeah. for sure. Um, but that- so it, so- it sounds like it sounds like you're an analyzer. So um, which is what I am as well. Yeah. So analyzers do take their time. They don't react right away because they they like to process things before they even open their mouth. So yeah, I can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, because like the way I see it at least is, if I answer you now, right now, it might not be the it might not be exactly what I think or what I feel or whatever. It, it'll be impulsive. It'll be instinctive. I'm just gonna react instead of thinking it through. So after I go through that process and I do bring it up you'll know that or I know for sure that this is exactly like what's going on and this is exactly how I feel. Um, yeah. So I guess what I'd like to actually ask you about is when in our example, for example, uh, in our example, one is, you know, immediate, one's a bit a bit later. 
finding that balance can sometimes be a bit tricky. Obviously, it's a work. It's always going to be a work in progress. And sometimes I'll yeah, have to yeah. come, you know, deal with things faster. And sometimes she'll have to let things maybe take longer. But what are you like when two people are kind of opposites and how they deal with things like that? How do you what advice would you have for that? I'm curious. Okay, I mean, the starting point is you both need to um, be calm when you when you have a discussion. Yeah. So if one of you if one of you is really agitated, uh, you could say, listen, um, I'd like to park this for now, but we can discuss this in, say, an hour or so. You know, you can go for a walk, you know, clear your mind, uh, get some fresh air. And then you can, because you're an analyzer, you can actually then analyze what happened. And then when you come back, you're you're in a much, you know, uh, better uh, emotional state yeah. than you were at the time. Because you should mm -hmm. never react when you're really upset because, you know, uh, it's never good. that's that's when things can get, can get uh, you know, from bad to worse in an instant. And it's difficult to move away from that, you know, so it's difficult to fix that. So especially if, if you use, you know, um, harsh words and, and you hurt the other person's feelings and, you know, it's difficult to unwind that. Um, so the first, yeah, that's the first point. Second point is you need to know what each other's trigger points are. So if if someone's love, um, or if, if someone's love, uh, if, if like different people have different love. Um, Languages? No, um, I'm trying to think of the word. Um, Okay, we could say languages, love languages. So some people are more tactile, like, you know, if, if they're upset, uh, you know, hugging them will actually help diffuse a problem. Other people are more verbal. So, mm -hmm. you know, if, if, if they hear like loving words then that will diffuse the problem. Other people are more, um, in, you know, like uh, writing, like if you write them a note or give them a card or, 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 or express your feelings in writing, then that will, you know, um, help them, you know, feel better. Others, you know, uh, just by, um, I mean, there's hundreds and hundreds of, you know, of, of uh, permutations, but you need to know what each, uh, each of your love language is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's, that's another point. So that when you upset the other person, you have to then use their love language to get, to their side yeah and vice versa <laughs> if they upset you then they have to use your love language to get to your side yeah yeah no uh, absolutely i i think something that i didn't think about or un until you just said it was trigger points because it made me start thinking like what are mine what are hers i don't know if i'm 100 percent sure but i'm gonna do some digging and find out so thank you for that yeah, yeah. um yeah, anytime i wanted to uh come back to um the whole marriage and divorce thing so I think that a lot of people um it would be very understandable and very um acceptable that after you've gone through a, a divorce no matter maybe how traumatic it was or maybe it, that does play a factor I don't know well maybe you can you mm -hmm. can tell us uh, a bit more that you think mm -hmm. like oh you know what like I never want to get married again Khalas, that like image of marriage has been you know shattered so I guess the yeah. the question. I, no, I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm living proof that no. Yeah, that's I, not the yeah, case. I, I understand. <laughs> I completely do. That's yeah. why I wanted to get. Uh, did you, uh, did you feel that way at any point? Maybe after the, I don't know, but probably the second one. It sounds like you know you've 
made leaps and bounds compared to like you know who you were and your mindset and everything as a person from the first but did the first one uh not affect your perception at all and or what and what advice would you have to people who are like yep marriage doesn't work i don't that's it never again I am very similar to you in terms of I'm also a complete, uh, you know, hopeless romantic. So I always think, you know, there's someone out there for me, yeah. you know, whether I find him today or find him next year, I'll find him, you know, and he will find me. Yeah. So that's a starting point. You know, whether I, whether it's going to take me, you know, another marriage or, or two, doesn't matter. You know, I will end up with my, you know, soul partner at some point. Yeah. Uh, from my first divorce, actually, because uh, that time I was in my 20s you know so I was really really young and I and I had Dania at the time so she was she's my first daughter um and she was a, she was a year old when I got divorced so I you know um oh, I was very young. it was yeah I mean for me it was like you know um there's no way I could I mean I, I was I was I was felt like I will remarry at some point um which I did, you know, I mean, it, it took me, it took me a, a few years to, to find my, uh, my second husband for, for various reasons. But um, in a way, it actually was good that I had, you know, uh, nine years, well, eight years worth of, um, uh, you know, being 100% for Dania, you know, it was just me and her. Um, obviously, we, were, we had my parents' support all the way. You know, I mean, uh, they're they're like her second parents. Yeah, and, I'm and, sure. and, and until now, you know. So, um, but I I felt privileged that I had this one-on-one -on -one, uh, time with her before I remarried. Um, so you know, like uh, I always say, everything happens for a reason. So you know. Those those eight years, you know, um, obviously, you know, she grew uh, to become a nine year old, but also it gave me the chance to, you know, to grow myself, you know, because I, I felt like I married I married really young, you know, I was too young when I when I got married. Actually, I got married a week after my graduation, so it's like you know I had no time, you know, to um discover myself and yeah. discover what i want and you know so yeah. you know that's why i said don't marry to don't marry to don't get don't rush into marriage you know yeah. take your time obviously i i didn't follow up that advice <laughs> in my first marriage you know i was so i was so keen to get married and you know um anyway you know uh, there's no there's no i mean you know like i said you know you learn from your mistakes of course so that was my biggest mistake that i rushed into my marriage um However, there's no regrets because I, you know, that marriage produced Dania. So, you know, like I said, you know, everything, everything has a silver lining and, and she's the biggest silver lining, uh, you know, that I have from that marriage. Yeah. Um, sorry, I, I lost track. What, what was the question? <laughs> uh, did, um, it was all, it was about, did uh, divorce change your perception um, of marriage? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah. So like, I, like I said, in my first, first divorce, I knew that I wanted to remarry, but you know, it took a long time For, after my second divorce. Um, again, I, I, you know, it, 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 the healing process was much shorter than the first one. Um, because I, you know, I, you know, it wasn't, uh, I already had the experience. I knew, I knew, I knew, you know, what to expect. Um, 
and and still, you know, even even after my um, after getting the, my second divorce, people were asking me also, "Are you done now with marriage?" I was like, "No, I'm not actually." You know, if someone suitable comes along, and you know, and um, and we know each other well enough and long enough, I'm open to it, and I still am open to it. You yeah. Know? Um, but I've learned my lessons. So I will not do things that didn't serve me before. Yeah. Which are all the, some of the stuff that we mentioned before, like you know, taking your time, going through you know at least one year, no long distance relationships. As again, that's another lesson because both of my marriages were long distance. Oh, that's um, I can so, imagine that's quite challenging. Yeah, and again, because it's long distance, you know, you don't really know the person because you see them like you know on you know holidays, and you know they come visit you for a few days, you go visit them for a few days, and it's not really you know it's not really the right way to get to know someone so yeah that's my answer okay. so um no. definitely i will never say no to marriage i love if, that if someone's suitable i, yeah. I love that yeah. um, and, uh, and no one should no one should i mean I've, i know people in their 60s 70s even 80s getting married you yeah. know it's never too late to get married <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so first of all i love that you still have that perspective and from one hopeless romantic to another uh it makes me feel good it, may, it means that i'm on the right track at least i at least i believe so um yeah i'm sure you are <laughs> um i wanted to dive in a little bit more into the i guess the what i what are i guess the lessons because you said in each you learned from each you know, each marriage, you learn, I'm sure you learned a lot of lessons, you learned a lot about yourself. And like you just said, you learned not to repeat maybe the same patterns or the same things you were doing before when you yeah. meet the next person and so on. So I guess what have you, in your experience, what have you learned about marriage that I guess maybe you can only know after being in it and going through it that maybe someone, for example, like myself, who is not married, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't know or wouldn't have experienced that. Like what advice would you have to for people yeah. for looking to get married? Um, marriage is a business. I mean, some people may get shocked with that, but marriage is a business. You have to have the right foundations to make it successful. So um, when I say business, I mean, you know, uh, to have a successful business, you need to have uh, a good structure. So you need to have clear um understanding of of your role each other's roles you know like what are your obligations what are her obligations mm -hmm. it's like having a jva agreement like a jv partner mm -hmm. you know so each each person's roles have to be um very clear and specified um you need to understand you need to have like a dispute resolution so if things don't go uh, don't go right you know how do you actually solve the problem so again like a contract yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. you know you don't go to arbitration. You actually yeah. sit together in a room and whatever method you decide to do, you, you implement that mm. so that you can solve the problem and move on. Um, also, marriage uh, has uh, lots of ups and downs and a lot of it has to do with money. I mean, most, most divorces um, that I've uh, helped on, you know, either are related to money issues or infidelity uh, yeah. issues. Yeah. Fidelity, you know, this is a completely different uh, subject, but for money issues, um, you know, it's very important to have um, 
budgets, you know, so you actually have to talk to each other and agree budgets on everything, yeah. you know, not just now, but also like, you know, okay, when we have kids, are we going to send them to, you know, private schools or state schools? Uh, I know in Dubai, probably you don't have state schools, but um, like in England, you, yeah. know, you do. Yeah. Um, are, are we, are we going to um, give them, you know, total freedom to decide what they want to do or, or are we going to try to, you know, uh, influence them into going into certain areas of, of careers or of yeah. interests, you know, like what, what if your son wants to, wants to dance ballet? Are you okay with that? You know, I mean, it's, there's 101, you know, um, questions that you need to ask each other and make sure that you're both on the same page. Yeah. Even bef especially before you have start having kids, because once you have kids, you know, it's too late. Yeah. It's too late. You know, you, you cannot, you cannot undo that. You know, kids, you know, you have people, you have kids to look after and, and, um, and they're, they're, they're your, you know, they're there for life, for life. Yeah. So you need to make sure that you have the, you're both on the same page before you start having a family. Yeah. I think, um, yeah. I, I love that analogy. I don't think I've ever, no one's ever said it in that way. You know, marriage is like a business because when you put it in that framework it makes a lot more sense because running business you know like you said you need the foundation what's the strategy what's the budget what's the plans what's the processes what's the communication lines like all of these things make it so much more relatable i love that analogy i'm gonna steal it from you so i apologize from now <laughs> um, <That's fine. laughs> um I, I really like what you said about how you know there's lots of ups and downs and there's a lot of things that need to be discussed and addressed and so on before you have kids because I you know I have friends around me that have had have started having kids and stuff and so I've always wanted kids for example I always and I I do want kids but like I've seen like my not one well, of my friends or my cousins and I've seen how it changes has changed their, like their life completely and I'm like and I look at it and the amount of work and how it, from my perspective, I'm I'm just tired, like watching them. So I'm like, I can't even imagine when I have my own. Like, what am I gonna do? <laughs> I can't imagine. And I don't know how. Like, my parents did it four times. I'm like, how did you do this four times? From like baby to like like us again. I don't know. I guess we'll find out when that time comes. Um, but one thing I wanted to uh, touch on a little bit is so I've been having Zamar this debate for years with uh with one of with a particular friend of mine um the whole concept of marriage so let me let me explain the debate on his side he believes that all marriage is is a like a piece of paper that you get that like from the government that says you know that kind of bring like kind of adds this whole other thing when like, like finances like all that it doesn't affect his his viewpoint is marriage doesn't shouldn't affect the relationship you have what do, what do i mean by that i believe for example that because he he thinks that you can have the love you can have the respect you can have the kids you can have the, you can have everything that you have in a marriage without being married the, so the so being getting married is just a formality you know he doesn't believe that it should have an effect on the relationship myself yeah. on the other hand i'm on the complete you know other side is i i <clears throat> i fully <clears throat> i fully understand what he's saying I, uh, I i understand it but i believe 
that marriage is a like using his example i can have all these things that's fine but i don't i i, I don't know how to put it into words i think but marriage is a is like a deeper level of commitment because in his example you can have all those things but you can get up and walk away whenever you want you know there's no you you wouldn't need to think twice but i think when you're married and the additional i guess commitments both um you know not just financially but like even between the two of you it's there's a it's there's a bigger risk that comes with that but that's what but that's what makes it beautiful as well you know i believe that marriage you're taking yeah. The, yeah. the person as is with all the risks involved you know if you really i believe if you this you think this is the person then you take it you take it with everything that comes there shouldn't be a uh get out of jail free card at least not in, that's not what i think but what so what's what's what are your thoughts because i really don't know i see his side but i i have my own my own side Okay, I mean, the starting point is obviously, um, as a Muslim, you cannot have a relationship and have kids outside of marriage. You know, sure. so that's a starting point. I don't know. I don't know where your friend is from, but anyway, that's, I'm not. I'm not judging anyone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, however, um, for me, marriage is sacred. You know, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very firm believer in marriage. I'm a firm believer in in God as well, and I, f- I feel that. If you have kids out of wedlock, um, you know, it, it, I feel like the commitment is not there from from you know from the, from the the two parties. So from the you know the guy and the girl. Um, I I know that a lot of people think that oh marriage is just like an institution yes. and it's you know and yes. why 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 do we have to get this piece of paper to prove that we you know we are married. I mean, Islamically, you know, you can get married, um, you know, going to a sheikh and getting the capital uh, yeah, you, know, yeah. you don't actually need, you don't need a civil marriage. So I'm not sure if this is what your friend is referring to, that you're just getting the, uh, you know, the religious one is enough instead of going for the uh, civil one as well. I'm not sure if this is what you're it's... referring to or, or, or completely living, you know, um, without any any kind of uh marriage yeah it's 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 the latter it's not an in our discussions it's never a, it's, um ignoring you know religion ignoring all like that that kind of stuff is just the you know the yeah. the the essence you know we're just comparing the situation like two different perspectives two different situations irrespective of all the other things that of course are important and play into that but if we strip yeah. everything away and we're going to look at these two examples and they're very similar one is without you can have everything without and everything's fine and on my side i'm like yes you can have everything without but when you have it with when you do get married it does add another layer of complexity and commitment to the relationship that's just my perspective i don't know yeah, if it's I... not just, yeah it's not just complexity and, 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 and commitment it's also um rights like if, if you're not actually married and you separate and you have kids there's nothing you you, you know whatever whatever court you go to you 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 have no rights i mean in england you know uh, uh, people who are in civil marriages which basically means you know they they're living together as a couple but without getting married um, if they separate and they have kids, you know they don't split their assets because they're not married. They're they're treated as separate individuals. Um, so 
like if, if, even if they live even if they bought the you know the property together they're not treated as a as a married couple so you know basically you know it's it's very very messy because there's no laws to protect them because the laws are only made for married people not for you know uh uh, people living as a couple without this, you know, uh, added layer, if you want to call it that, uh, of, of commitments. Yeah. From your perspective, it's more about, at least from what I've understood, is the, the, I guess, if we're looking at those two examples, the biggest differentiating factor is the the rights that come with being married. And those rights are there to protect both of you, you know, should things you know not not work uh, out protect protect both of you and also protect the kids because um mm. you know if you know if you, if you do separate and one one of one of you earns more than the other person and if whatever reason that person you know washes their hands out of uh their financial obligations to their kids which happens a lot by the way especially if there's an affair the kids are left with nothing mm. And and their mom can do nothing about that because she's she wasn't married to their dad. That's very so everyone gets affected, not just the not just the you know uh the couple. Yeah. Okay, I get that. I guess I didn't think of it from I don't I I guess I didn't think of it from a legality standpoint and so on. I guess in my mind I'm still I will still fight him. Even though what's funny is he just he just got married, so it's hilarious. But he still has these beliefs. But so it's very funny. Um, but uh, I think still got a couple more battles with him to go through <laughs> to go through on this point. Um, you you mentioned in uh, one of the um, on a podcast you were on uh, the, the the divorce pod, podcast. I think it was. I can't remember. You said yeah. you discussed. Yeah. Um, how the whole ecosystem is unjust when it comes to um you know divorce and uh when you were talking about i can't i can't remember if you were talking about is are you talking about a specific it's unjust in a specific country or place or globally the system is unjust and it can and in some places it's more favorable for the woman and in other places is more favorable for the man I mean, I was talking in terms of the English system right, because okay. that's where I, that's that's where I got divorced um, first time. Yeah, um, and also that's I mean, a lot of my clients are based in England, so you know, uh, and I'm obviously a UK solicitor, so you know, I'm I'm more familiar with with the UK courts than any other courts. Um, the ecosystem I was talking about was about abused uh, parents. So mm. uh, if if a person is abused. The court system totally ignores that point, so which makes no sense at all to me. You know, like if if a mom has been abused by her husband, um, he will still get fifty percent of the child custody, mm. even when the husband, even when the dad actually abuses their child, he will still get custody, which for me like is mind boggling. Like you know, how how can someone who's hurting their own child be given the right to take care of him or her. Yeah. I mean, sometimes they say, okay, you know, it's it's supervised uh, visitation. But still, I mean, the, the child is is already hurt from his dad or her dad. And and they have to be forced to, you know, continue seeing them and 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 
And uh, a lot of these visitation uh, centers are very depressing. It's like being in a prison, you yeah. know, like it's, you know, you're, you're actually in a closed room and you have an officer sitting with you the whole time. So it's, it's really unpleasant for everyone, not just for mm-hmm. uh, the child, obviously for the parent as well, but you know, like what kind of, what kind of uh, upbringing is that going to be? You know, it's, it's a horrible way of, of uh, seeing your child and also, also a horrible way of the child seeing their parents. Um, so this was where I was coming from okay. because I, I I know a lot of a lot of clients who came from abusive relationships and they were forced to share their custody with their you know ex um, husband um, and it's just a very unfair system. Yeah, but the abuse can go both ways, right? Like so the, the same of laws course, apply. Like so, if a let's say a woman was doing yeah. that, this so she still gets fifty percent, just like the, the the guy would, right? I mean, fifty percent is the uh, starting point, yeah, you know, yeah, and sure. I would say maybe ninety percent of the cases, you know, fall on that. On that, uh, yeah. It's very rare. It's very rare that someone gets more than fifty percent. Uh, um, but there are there are exceptions. Yeah, no, of course, uh, and that's that. But that's a very strange law that 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 is not factored into account. That yeah, and another 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 point I just remembered is that like sometimes when one parent earns a lot more than the other parents, um, that imbalance in financial earnings is not ref- it's not reflected in, in how the uh, financial settlement is, is drawn up. Really? So, you know, no, it's not. So that's why getting um, a good lawyer or getting a good coach is important because, uh, you know, you, you need to actually direct uh, the judge to that, you know, because mm. otherwise, you know, like the going rate right now is like a hundred pounds a month for a child, which is, I mean, That's... you know, it's, it's ridiculous in London. In London, like, <laughs> what, what can you buy with a hundred pounds? You know, it's it's like you not know, even enough for you know diapers if you have a baby, you know, for one month. Yeah. So the financial settlements are way out of um, line, and and they're not reflecting the real true cost of living. Yeah. And on top of that, they, they're, they're not adjusted to, you know, the, um, the higher earning uh, parents, in, in, you know, in, in the situation. Yeah. Uh, but is, is that the case in the States, though? Because I know in the States, if I'm, like, I, I don't know, like, directly, but from what I've read and seen, like, you, you see these settlements that are, like, the, like these divorce pay, pay, like, payouts that are, like, ridiculous and it does take that into account uh, at least it, it must for you to get that much money out of it yeah i mean yeah i mean uh, my second divorce was in america so oh, okay um, okay yeah but it was yeah it was it was it was a totally different uh situation because we did it amicably so we didn't we didn't go to court so we, we you know we agreed everything with a mediator behind closed doors and it was done in a really you know uh, friendly manner so I didn't have to go through that experience to you know uh, you know to come and, and tell you what happened so yeah yeah I'm not sure how, I'm not sure how it is in America because I didn't have to go to court thank thank God yeah know, yeah I, I avoided that yeah um and you always uh, I think you said once that it's all if you can it's always better to settle it out of court and avoid going to court because it can be very 100%, costly and traumatic 100%. experience right Hundred percent, and you never know what the outcome is going to be. Even if even if your lawyer tells you, "Oh, you have a really strong case," you you can never guarantee that because at the end of the day, you're dealing with a human being, and the judge 
can have a bad day or a good day, you know, when he yeah. hears your your, <laughs> yeah. your your file. Yeah, that's true. So that's true. Yeah. So yeah. Avoid the courts, guys, whoever's listening. Don't go there. Uh, <laughs> um I wanted to um touch on um the children aspect a little bit because um I I guess one of the big challenges uh with a, with people getting divorced is when there's kids when there's children involved you know if it's just you and a partner I think it's uh you and your husband your wife it's uh it's a lot easier to go through that process together you know and I speak from you know uh my close friends experience so i guess how and i know age plays a part like how old do the children do they understand will they feel it will they not but i guess if i came to you as a parent that is going through a divorce and i have children what advice would you have to me on how should i like handle that and how should i maybe deliver the message and cope like get them through this transition period I mean, this is part three of my my five part program that I have, and which is also in my book. Um, so I have a whole chapter on on, on that point. Um, the starting point is how are you going to actually communicate to them that the marriage is breaking down? You know, like you said, it depends on how old they are, how mature they are. Like you know, if if it's someone, if it's a toddler, then obviously you have to, you know, talk to them in their in their. Um, uh, in the language that they would understand in a really, you know, uh, simple language, you know, like mommy and daddy are not happy together. Um, we are going to be uh, living in, in different houses, but uh, we want you to make sure that you understand that we both love you. You know, there's nothing that you've done that is that caused this uh, fact and that, uh try to bring like the positives from that. So like, you know, instead of having one house, you can have two houses, you're going to have two rooms, you know, you can actually help design, you mm -hmm. know, uh, your your new room, you know, you, you can uh, pick your favorite colors or, or pick your favorite uh, posters of, you know, depending on who their uh, uh, favorite character is, um, you know, depending on whether or not the other house will be close by, you know, if they're going to change schools then you have to also discuss that as well you know like you know let's let's go and and visit different schools to make sure that you're happy with the new school and you know with you know will you be making new friends um you know you will still see daddy or you still see mommy you know uh, so it's it's just like breaking the breaking the the news slowly to them okay obviously if someone is older like like a teenager um they're more mature and actually most most times they would they would actually they were expecting that to happen you know like uh, mm. no one no couple you know decides to get divorced without the kids feeling it beforehand you yeah because the kids are very very um resilient and uh, they feel a lot more than we give them credit for you know like even even babies feel their mother's pain you know, yeah. so, you know, you can imagine like, you know, when you're a toddler or when you're a teenager, you, you you would know and you would feel that, you know, you know that your parents are, you know, not doing very well together. Mm. And and uh, as a teenager, you'd expect that. So you're, yeah. sometimes, you know, yeah. they would say, well, you know, why did you do this sooner? Why did you do this sooner? Like, why did you wait all this time to get divorced? You know, and, and like sometimes the parents would say, oh, wow, you know, I didn't expect that reaction from you. I thought you'd be like dev devastated or really upset. Yeah. 
So sometimes we don't give our kids the credit that they deserve. Yeah. Um, nor do we, um, nor I mean, we undermine like their um, their resilience because a lot of times people stay in a marriage thinking that they're doing their kids a service, which I completely disagree with. If you if you are actually miserable in your marriage, there's no way you're doing your kids a service. You're actually doing them a huge disservice because you're giving them a bad role model that it's okay to live in a you know uh, unhappy miserable toxic relationship because that's what my parents did you know and that's that's not how it should be you know if if you are really if you feel like there's no way out to fix the marriage then divorce is the best way the best solution for everyone not just for the parents but also for the kids mm. Because if you if you if you grow up in a toxic uh, family, it will only rub on you when you become married yourself. You know, because this is how you were raised, so you think this is normal. Yeah. So you know, you you will just continue um, following what your parents showed you in their marriage. So this is normal. It's normal for for a man to shout at his wife. Mm -hmm. or, uh, it's normal for a mom to you know to um, I don't know, but you know you know what I mean. Yeah, like, I get you. Whatever whatever wrong things happen in the marriage the kids can think that this is this is how things are done this is how it is yeah so i think that's a um i think that's really interesting how how you said that kids kids are more perceptive than we think they are um no matter you know no matter the age and it's funny that you said like when if they're older and like teenagers you see like mom and you can you can you can see it you can understand it you know you besides feeling it you know so uh, i get how it wouldn't be it wouldn't come as a shock you know to a uh, to a, a teenager but maybe when you're younger it can still feel that way so i think what you said about um breaking it down slowly making sure it's not like they understand it's not their fault and kind of showing the silver lining of this of you like you're saying oh let's like the new schools which one do you like you know your new house your new you know all that kind of stuff so i think that's really really yeah, good advice yeah. um i just have a few more questions zamar that i wanted to touch on so i guess so i know you've done your book from breakup to empowerment i i unfortunately wasn't able to get a copy in time uh for this podcast but i want to take a look at it for sure um I guess uh, I know that you said there's five steps. So the third one is uh, what we kind of just talked about, which is how to you know, the coping, you know, with the children and so on. Um, could you just walk us through what the five steps, what those five steps are, real quick? And the, sure. and so I'll, yeah. show, I'll show you a picture of it. Um, so yeah, it's yeah. right here. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the first step, like I mentioned before, is the mindset. So okay. the mindset is is the most important part of the whole process because if you if you don't if you don't actually work on that uh on, on your mindset then whatever whatever happens afterwards will fizzle out you know yeah. because um so that's that's a that's the first one um mindset is also it also involves your emotions so it's not it's not just about uh how you think but also how you how you feel yeah yeah so that's the first part the second one is about financial. So it's about getting all your um, expenses and your income statements in order. Um, ideally, both of you should do it together as a team, like, you know, uh, 
you know, with, and you need evidence as well. So like bank statements or pay slips, um, if you have uh, properties, also you need like mortgage statements or, you know, so, but everything has to be filed yeah. and presented to either your lawyer or your mediator, depending on what route you're taking. And from that, then you can decide like, what is a fair settlement figure, um, you know, that, you know, uh, one party will get from the other per- party and also how much um, child, uh, cust- how much child uh, allowance they will, they will get, you know. Um, so the financial part is step two. Step three is dealing with the children's emotions. Mm-hmm. So like I mentioned before, um, step four is the legal matters. So whether or not you want to go down the court uh, route, which is obviously for me, it's like the last resort, or you can do it yourself. I mean, some some couples, you know, divorce online. You can do that in England. I don't know if you can do that um, you do online? in Dubai, but in, oh, really? you can do it online. Oh, no, no yeah. idea. No. Yeah, yeah, you can do it online. But obviously, um, if you do it online, you need to get legal advice. Yeah, of course. Because yeah, yeah. if, if, if you fill in the forms wrong, it will be, get rejected. Mm-hmm. Or, or, or if there's missing parts, or if, if whatever you write is not reasonable, the judge will not accept it. Yeah. So you know, it's it's not as simple as it seems. Yeah. You, you need you need you need some guidance. For sure. Um, so yeah, you could either do it online yourself. You could do it through mediation. You could do it through uh, something called collaborative uh, divorce. So that means that uh, one each party has their own lawyer. But they're working together as a team. They're not. They're not antagonizing each other, which is which is what happens in most uh, court uh, cases. Yeah. Um, so it's like a mixture between mediation and uh, and going to court. But but the only difference is that you actually know what your legal rights are from your lawyer. Yeah. Mediation, you will not. You will not be given that. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it's mediation is all about finding a common ground. But in terms of your legal rights, you need to get legal advice on that. Yeah. Um, so, and the last, the last step is again, um, is linked to mindset, but it's more about life after your divorce. So, okay, you got divorced, you got your paper. Now what, you know, mm. a lot of times people get divorced and they think, you know, automatically life will, you know, will just bounce back to normal, but it's not, it doesn't happen that way. You know, obviously when you go through a divorce, it's like you're going through a grieving process. Yeah, of course. And there's a di- there's different stages of grief um, that you go through. And some people, after getting their divorce, they become depressed because you know they're they're you know they're um, they're focused on getting the divorce, but they haven't actually thought about okay, once I get the divorce, how will my life look like? Mm. So if you don't have that um, uh, that support then it's it's almost like you're, you're reliving the whole divorce again because, you know, you're, you're not prepared. So I help my clients, you know, design the life that they want um, after divorce, even before they start their divorce. So, you know, it's it's like, you know, they have a roadmap and, and you know, like as long as they, they're following, you know, the various uh, steps that they need to achieve, once they get divorced, then it'll be much simpler to bounce back and, and continue on from, you know, uh, where they left off and create the better life that they had before the divorce happened. Yeah, um, I, I I love those. I really like how you've structured, you know, those steps. I think, like you said, starting with mindset is 
the most important. And that that mindset applies to, you know, anything, any field. Everything, everything, yeah, everything, everything. Literally everything, everything. yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, one thing I think I um, maybe underestimated or didn't give enough attention to before our conversation today was the significance of finances in terms of like because you uh, one of the things you said was like you'd be surprised how many times that's like the biggest issue so i'm like oh okay maybe you know maybe that needs to be more like higher on the i don't know part of it, or I don't know, I don't know i think i just i need to give it maybe more attention more attention than i thought i i, I would have needed to so that's really good three um children uh i totally get where you're coming from i don't have any at the moment so until then <laughs> to be revisited um for the legal the legal matters yeah i didn't even know that there were so many different ways you can do it i thought you always had to like go to like lawyers had to get involved and it had to be messy and so i never knew it could be done in a very um amicable amicable way without you know all that noise and all that stress and all that additional cost and you know all that emotion yeah and and i mean as as a lawyer um you know obviously i understand the you know how how they how they actually um operate and i know that you know lawyers work on hourly basis so it's in their interest to to prolong the process mm -hmm. not to not to not to minimize it and, and find a solution right away because otherwise they're they're cutting into their income yeah so that that defeats the whole purpose of of hiring lawyers you know i mean you want to get through the divorce as quickly as you can and and as cheaply as you can but if you go down the court uh, route you will never achieve that yeah. you know uh, and and like you know getting even getting a court hearing in this country can take months and months to get a hearing date so you know you it's you know that's why it takes a very long time to to get a divorce through the court system yeah and i think you made a very good point about you know it's not in your interest as if you're a divorce lawyer to to do that if it's based on an hourly rate no i totally get that yeah i mean the divorce lawyers try to find you know ways of getting the best uh outcome for the client but also they try they also try to find ways of untangling right. as many problems that they can find yeah to prolong the process because otherwise you know otherwise you know um their income will be much more uh minimal than, yeah. than what they could earn no for sure I, I i totally understand that but i think that out of all the th all the steps um because those are very i think um they're very logical they're very sequential which i like it kind of gives you a roadmap of how to think about you know how to go through the process but i think the most important one without a doubt um at least for me was the last thing you said is because when you're going through, you know, because I've lived this, I've lived through this with a friend of mine. I think when you're going through the divorce, you're so, you're so consumed by it. It's very, you know, stressful. You're not even thinking about what's happening after. You're just trying to get to this end goal of clo clo exactly. you're closing this chapter so you can start, move on and start a new life. But you don't, maybe, like, what if you haven't thought about what that is? It's kind of like, you know, when they say, you know, you've reached, like, your ultimate goal. Then you kind of sit there like, okay, now what? You haven't thought about exactly. what's after you know what's next so i think that last exactly. one is super super important um and, and most people forget about that because they think exactly yeah you know, natural naturally everything will fall into place but that's not what happens you know exactly no i i, I totally agree and i think history has history has proven that uh zamar i just have three more questions for you uh first uh so just to summarize our conversation of for the day of 
everything we've talked about. If you had to give maybe one or two of what are the biggest misconceptions people have when it comes to marriage and divorce, what would you say? Um, in terms of divorce, I would say that it's not the end of the world if you if you need to get divorced, you know, for the right reasons. Um, and actually, getting a divorce could be a blessing in its in disguise. It's been because it, you know that happened to me twice, so um, so I'm living proof of that. In terms of marriage, um, my advice is take your time before you actually marry someone. Make sure that you both know each other very well. Um, if you see any red flags, don't ignore them, you know, and deal with them right away because red flags, especially before you get married, are signs that, you know, uh, you need to make sure that you are happy and you can, you can actually with, with that person who has this red flag. Yeah. Um, I love those. I think, you know, they speak volumes about a lot of the things that even myself and I think not only me but a lot of people have like the conceptions misconceptions we have about marriage and divorce so thank you for that uh, for my last two questions Amar these are questions I ask all of my guests so uh, and everyone has a different answer so I'm curious um, so the first one is looking back at you know your life your career either personally or professionally um, if I asked you what are you most proud of for yourself what would you say Personally, I would say it's, it's having my two daughters. I mean, they, for me, they're you know, um, they're you know, they're everything to me. Um, professionally, it's hard to say because I have so many professions. <laughs> uh, um, I actually didn't mention that I also do property investment, so that's my third. Oh, really? Um, oh, wow. So you're, business, quite, yeah. you're busy so, all the time, I'm guessing. <laughs> you must. Be. I am. Yeah, I am, I am. But I love it. I, I love. I love everything that I do. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. That's um, awesome. I'm proud of I'm proud of everything that I'm, I'm doing. Yeah, no, and uh, it's really beautiful to hear. Um, and for my last question, Zamar, what is the message that you'd like everyone to take home with them today? The message I'd like to say is that you can turn your mess into power. So you know everything can be turned into a positive, no matter how bad it is. Uh, couldn't have said it better myself, and I think that is a. By the way, I, for I forgot to mention yeah. about my cancer, so. Uh... Oh yeah! Oh no, we didn't touch. Yeah. We didn't touch on that. We didn't no, touch it, on it's that. okay. It's okay. For I mean, for part um, two, part we'll come back to that on part two. <laughs> sure. Awesome. Zima, I wanted to say thank you so much uh, for your time today and for coming on the show. Um, I've absolutely loved this conversation. Um, I've personally learned so so much from it. You know, my head's just thinking about the twenty million things that like you've said, and now I'm like thinking, like, okay, I need to think about that and this and that. And that. But it's a, it's and it's it's a good thing because I'm more aware of things now. So. Thank you for me personally, and I think a lot of people listening to this podcast who are either married, uh, getting married, or have been divorced, there's so much value that they can get from this and learning from your experience. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. My pleasure to be on your show, and, and uh, you're doing a great job. So I'm very proud of you, and keep, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you very much for the kind words. I really appreciate it. Um, if, Zamar, if anyone wants to uh, connect with you, reach out, get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, I was saying I'm on uh, Facebook and also I my book is on Amazon if, if anyone wants to buy it. And lastly, I have a website. So it's demardajanicoaching.com. Okay, perfect. Guys, you heard it here first. Uh, if you're looking to read her book or work with Zamar or just, you know, hear her story and more, 
check out you know facebook and check out her uh her website at zimardizanicoaching.com um from as always guys thank you so much for listening thank you zamar again for coming on the show i really appreciate it and as always guys hope it helps peace